My name is Jameer Dixon, and I'm a locating Mark Fieldman for PG&E. I protect people. I protect our community. I protect our environment. When you call 811, I come out to your house, and I mark out our gas lines and our electric lines to make sure that you don't hit them when you're digging. 811 is at the heart of safety. I want people to know what's underneath them when they're digging. I'm passionate about it because every time I go on the street, I think about my own kids. A11 is a free service. Even if you're planning a garden, no project is too small to call A11. Together, we're building a better California. Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm opinionated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Magic Man. Holy Malinaji, Peter Cause, Brooklyn to the world. We got Seth Nyman in the studio as always. Yo. Got my buddy Chris Gilmore of Showtime fame, PBC fame as well. Not in the ring, though. We'll, we'll introduce Chris in a, in a couple of hot seconds. But uh, we're up to episode. We, my, where's my episode counters? We're getting, too, we're getting too high that it's getting a little high for all of us to... Uh, uh, two. We're up episode number two. I bet two. you would, Panama Red. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to count, you know, this two, is the new. It's 282, yeah. something, uh, like something like that. 82? Something like that. Yeah. It's episode 1000. That's why we've decorated the studio. There was a time where I questioned if we would get the 10. Yeah. And we're at episode 82. Can you imagine? Look at us now. Because you're so, a winner. We're, we're soaring. <laughs> we're soaring through. Soaring through. It says, I love what the intro says, uh, what did I don't. What did, what did I say in the intro? The, the very beginning. What did I say? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty opinionated. Yeah, not yeah. just I'm, on I'm boxing. Not, not just on boxing. But somehow our show just became just boxing. <laughs> 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 we might have to we might have to change that. Unless we start to continue to spawn off. You know, I'm getting a lot of I'm getting a lot of requests about the the uh, the spawn show as well. You know, the uh, the, the spawn the off rant. whatever the spin off show. You know, like we're gonna have to do it at least one a month or something. Just to, we can make that work. Guys. Just to Don't keep worry. our 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 folks. Uh, our, our loyal, loyal listeners. listeners, our loyal listeners, happy, you know, because we have we have like a. Do we think it's just ten still? No, oh, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. no. What what are we getting? Are we getting listeners over here? Oh, are, we, yeah. are we are we doing good? Yeah, Seth, Seth you're like the stat checker, no? Yeah, you're I mean, the numbers Seth, guy. Seth, Seth works with like the number one guys on this on this uh, play that it stuff, you know. So you guys are my number we're, one guys. We're like, <laughs> come on, <we're, laughs> everyone gets a we're, trophy. We're your number one. <laughs> your participation award for you guys. And then, like we, a and, liberal then, and then when we don't win, we're gonna go protest on Sixth <laughs> yeah. Avenue, right in front of Radio City. That's what I feel like. <laughs> this is great about boxing. You know what? I'm gonna protest in front of Radio City because I want my studio on Radio City. <laughs> I don't want Radio City to be there. I want my studio on Radio City. <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna protest there if I don't. If I don't uh, get my way, good luck with that. All um, right. You no, know it's great about boxing. You're guaranteed to come in second. Don't you I wish mean, the election was? In, don't you? Don't you wish the election was uh, in December? So I wait. If you wanted to protest, yeah, if you breathe your balls off yeah, right now, yeah, yeah, and you see who really wants to protest. Yeah, yeah no? that see like, if you're really there for a cause <laughs> or not. See, you see if you really want to protest, though. Yeah, was, then you gotta really want to be there to, to withstand this. What's out there? Not I, flying, I flew in from Miami. I was sweating yesterday in Miami. I got here. I was. I, I almost uh, just frozen place. I was like, yes. <laughs> I got off the plane. I was this. <laughs> I had to like un- numb myself, you know. You know I told you, you know the story. My cousin had a dog like that. <laughs> and what happened? <laughs> no. My cousins found the dog, right? So they bring him home. They found the dog. So it's better off they didn't find him. Yeah, you better believe it. What so, kind of dog was it? I don't know, mix. It was a mutt. And uh, so they bring the dog home. My uncle's like, "Where's your dog? Where your cousins? Wh- wh- Long Island? Yeah." Like my uncle's like, Wh- "Whose dog is that? No, nah, we found him. You know." He's like, there ain't no dog in my house. They ain't coming to my house. Put him in the garage. 
You're like, Dad, it's cold outside. He's like, I don't give a shit. I didn't tell you to go bring a dog home. Bro, the next day, the dog was like this. <laughs> I was he? <laughs> so he took his last step. Like he <laughs> stiff as a ball. Yo, think Yo, about it. This you is you call the NAACP no. or whatever they call it. What? Peter? No, no, NAACP. No, no. What is it? What are you, Jeff what Sessions? You, what, what, what do you call Clark it? Schneider, no, who did who did who did ASPCA? NAACP. The dog was a black. I knew it was some, some letters. I knew it was why NAACP is for wait. What does NAACP have to do with black people? It's the equipment while you're behind. Just no. <laughs> stop. Wait. So ASPC. I knew it was letters. I knew it was some sort of letters. Oh I got the wrong letters. All right. No, listen. There's 26 right. letters in the alphabet. Anybody can make a mistake. Oh, we gotta start over. <laughs> ASPCA. So did you Correct. call the ASPCA? Uh, I don't know. I mean, nowadays, no, they, if you that was in Williamsburg, nowadays they would, somebody would call the ASPCA. No, you oh get arrested. Yeah. The dog freeze. He let his dog freeze. <laughs> he killed the dog. <laughs> hey, so so who, who was going to call the FPCA? That was a uh, Louisville people, no? Louisville people was going to the with the crocodile with the alligator. Oh, no? Souk. Souk. Sorry, what did he used to say? Yes, yeah, Souk. Louisville people was the one. Louisville Peoples was a homeless guy in the neighborhood, and he we always called him Peoples. Louisville people. They called Louisville Peoples. Why they call Louisville Peoples? Every time he met you, he's like, Ah, oh, I know, said, yeah, I know, say he's good people, man. <laughs> and he would always say that, so we call him Louis Good Peoples. In Spanish, it's Louis Buena Gente. You know what I mean? He so, was like in a uh, Bronx Tale, so right. yeah. character right there. <laughs> so no, no, it was great because you know the guys at the ca at the club, club you know, they used to, the social club, they used to you know do like a good deed for him they used to throw money for yeah, him to clean up the clean up. social club and at the end of the night you know guys would play cards watch the game whatever you know and Louisville people they gave him a job he's homeless he made, hey, you know you clean up the place for us you know you, you keep it t uh, tidy for us and you know, throw you a couple of bucks give so, you 10 bucks you so, could support your crack habit yeah so and that's what they would very do nice. you know? <laughs> very nice. and he had a pet alligator no he's, he used to watch the alligator for a, a guy he said oh. years ago that would have okay. been a better yeah. story a homeless guy with a pet alligator <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, he used to watch him and so, his name and was Souk so, Souk and he used to say, Sue, please don't bite me. And Sue used to go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, oh, no, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad news. Hey, you all right over there? You guys I lost wanna... my phone. You lost your phone? No, you didn't. That's right behind you, pal. No, no, you didn't. Don't break the set. Don't step on Floyd's toes. <laughs> you don't want any piece of that. No, no. You don't want any part of Floyd. No, no, no. no. So, Louis, good people, didn't then he get beat up one time? Yeah. He got beat up while he was trying to take over the card game? He was a little... Got a little comfortable. He got a little comfortable. Uh, a little com comfortable. We call that comfy Jones. Yeah. 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 What about when he had to go to court? He wore out his milk, uh, welcome mat. Oh, I see him with my friend, my buddy Gaby, and I'm like, oh, Lou, what are you doing? Yeah, just drinking beers. I'm like, nice. He goes, got to go to court tomorrow, man. I'm like, you got to go to court? For what? I got a ticket. I'm like, they gave you a ticket. You're homeless. He goes, yeah. I'm like, a ticket for what? He goes, drink of beers. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there with a can of Budweiser. What, what, what I'm saying is, what, they put a warrant out if they don't find yeah, like, yeah. He, he's, he's on the street. You're doing wait, him a favor. You put wait, him in there. You give wait, him three meals you, a day. Where do, you, where, do you, yeah, where, where do you send the... So he was doing him a favor. He was hoping he went to court. He was going to court hoping he would get locked up, right? Like, yo, show up a day late. You guarantee yourself a night's rest, you know? <laughs> Oh. Hey, so you're talking about you were in Miami, you're sweating. So, uh, yeah, I was I was in Miami. It was good weather. Uh, I was at the WBC convention, which was uh, that's awesome. You know, it's, uh, it was always good. It was always nice. I had uh, the the big uh, the big dinner on Monday. Uh, everybody in boxing was there. Uh, Floyd Mayweather showed up as well, so it was cool. 
and uh, you know they gave out the awards. You know they give out the various awards and whatnot, and then you know the WBC goes has their convention, their meetings and whatnot. I wasn't a part of everything, but I was a part of the uh, obviously. I, I had the opening ceremonies. I was hosting me and Claudia Trejos from ESPN Deportes, and then uh, and then I had uh, I hosted the trainer seminar the next day, and I was asking you know trainers questions and whatnot for the public to listen to and. You know, just mm-hmm. just different stuff and different opinions on uh, boxing related topics and whatnot. Can we can we introduce Chris Gilmore? I'm no, gonna, I feel like I feel like I feel like Chris is. Tell me, you know, you can swing over by next to you and say hello. Chris, say what's up. Here's, here's my boy Chris Gilmore from PBC and behind Showtime the scenes guy. Behind How you doing, guys? And that's uh, this is behind the scenes. Sorry, sorry, he's Chris, a, he, you weren't ready he's, for it. He's a, he's, <laughs> a, he's, a, he's, <laughs> a, he's used to being behind the scenes. He's the he's the uh, fighter relations guy. Oh, you know when we're, when we're when we're running late and when we're running uh or when 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 it's time to glove up or when we're time to uh be He's ready the for the schedule cameras, guy. Chris is uh in charge of us. He, he keeps us in he keeps us uh in a single file line so that we uh we don't kill the we don't we don't have the produ- we don't drive the producers crazy. You know what I'm saying, right, Seth? Yes. Like we're driving you crazy no, right now. Never, <laughs> no, never. No, no. I like the rehearsals. You see Chris, uh, Chris like walk out like a fighter, and you know, like yeah, yeah, it's cool. Oh, that's gotta be fun. Yeah, they yeah. do do the whole show. You know, and music and everything, so that you the cameras are all set. Speaking of fighters, we're getting ready to speak to one. Oh yeah, a couple yeah. minutes. All right, yeah, we're gonna have uh, Jamal Charlo who had a sensational win on Saturday night uh, on Showtime Championship Boxing. We uh, he stopped Julian Williams in a in his uh, in a title in his IBF Dream Middleweight Title Defense. And going into the fight, uh, I felt it was gonna be a, a very good fight. I loved the fight. I, I loved the, uh, the the matchup. Two undefeated guys, two hungry guys in their mid twenties. Uh, in their prime, uh, to, with elite level skills, uh, and you know I was excited about the fight. I think you know we've talked about the on the show that I was excited about the fight, and uh, I thought the fight was very competitive until the stoppage. I mean, I, I thought you know Jamal obviously was the stronger guy. He had the, had the knockdown around two, and then he had had the he got the stoppage in round four. Uh, it's a shame a lot of boxing writers see a knockdown and then realize that don't realize that there's a, a rest of the fight you know uh, I watched I, I read the ESPN.com's uh, write up of the fight and I thought like wow you know this guy missed a good fight I thought he really missed he a thought good it fight. was over after the jab he thought it was over after the jab yeah he pretty he, much if you if you read the ESPN.com write up and you know who writes it up we're not even gonna mention it uh, of, of of the Ch- Charlo Williams fight you would think the fight wasn't even good like you would think like he just walked right through him you know it's, it's funny because Williams landed a great combination yeah. right before he oh, got knocked out not only that William, William, not, only, not only that I mean Williams was doing some nice things overall shifting to the side and, and nice feints I mean so, and Jamal was doing some excellent stuff too I mean these were two highly skilled highly speedy guys really speedy guys uh, with intelligent boxing skills and intelligent boxing IQ so it was uh, it was, it was a real pleasure to watch the only disappointment I had was that it ended so early but it ended in such an ex- such an explosive fashion that you know you really couldn't ask for uh, for more. You know. And that speaking of which, nice. tell them, uh, Pete, tell them about what we saw that's on Showtime right now. Oh, on uh, the video on Show.com. Yeah, they did a nice piece on the fight. Um, did they? Yeah, really, really cool. And what do you what do you do? What do they <clears> just do? go? It's a it's on YouTube, the YouTube channel, the Showtime channel, and on mm. Show.com. Mm. It's a nice little piece. Okay. Kind of like uh, kind of like what they did on you, but this was yeah. a, a fight. So yeah, yeah, nice. both both guys. Nice. Um, yeah, that was some counter, counter right hand. He yeah, caught yeah. it with the same hand. And yeah, the uh, the uppercut with counter was uh, you know, and I, I went I went into it on the air a little bit uh, about how I really really can't stress enough about how difficult of a of a shot that is because your instinct when that right hand is coming is to pick up your feet, pick up your feet and slide out or slide to the side or just 
in general, just pick up your feet, you know, because, you know, you're, the, the easiest way to defend is to pick up your feet and, and move and shift, you know. So the you have to fight your entire instincts, and, and especially when you've taken a couple of right hands already, you know. Right, you really exactly. You start to want to pick up your feet and, and get out of there when you see the right hand flying your way. But uh, the, Jamal had the wherewithal to hold his ground. Keep positioning, and he and he kept trying that uppercut. He tried it a couple of times earlier in the fight. I had mentioned that he was going to it to the for, to the body, and he finally came up with it to the head, uh, and he, and he really landed just perfectly. I mean, oh. what a shot! Well timed. I mean, it, it was a reaction shot, but it was obviously clearly something that, despite the reaction, the uh, a reaction shot, he uh, you know he had worked on in the gym. That doesn't just come out unless you've worked on that kind of move. Game on! Don't miss a second of the NFL on CBS. With CBS All Access, subscribers can stream their local market games live and get full game day coverage on TV-connected devices and tablets. From Thursday Night Football to Sunday Doubleheaders, we have all your NFL on CBS excitement covered. Start your free trial now at cbs.com slash NFL. That's cbs.com slash NFL. We're going to get Jamal Chalo on the phone right now. Champ. Yo. What's up, champ? How you doing? What's up, man? Uh, congratulations, congratulations, on the wins. man. It's me and Peter Cards and Seth Nine. We're gonna want to congratulate you on the win Saturday night, man. Oh yeah, man. I appreciate it. How's uh How's the week been since? Have you Have you soaked it in the the victory? And how How's the week been since the uh the fight? Uh, have man, Have I'm, you got a lot of praise? What have you been hearing? Um. Yeah. You know. I've, I've been hearing. You know. Both sides. I guess. Um. Yeah. But everyone pretty much happy and. I, I kind of shocked them with the with the knockout, so you know everybody kind of on the edge still. Yeah, I think uh, you know one thing. I think everybody thought about this fight was that it was going to be uh, a fight between two highly skilled. Uh, I, I mean, I was I was talking about it for weeks about how really how excited I was about this matchup. Uh, two young guys in their primes, uh, not running from each other, but going at each other. You know, and you know I think uh, the explosiveness of the of the finish that you had, I really I think makes a statement. And that's kind of what I what I wanted to get into. Is is it something? First of all, the, that exact shot was it something you were looking for earlier in the fight? Because I noticed the uppercuts were counters were coming to the body. Did it just end up uh, where you saw the opening to the head, or were you actually were looking for that shot even before the first bell, where you kind of figured it might be a shot to look for it on him? Well, my intention was to just beat them all up. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Um, Hit him, you know, land some shots to the body, some to the arm, some to the, you know, to to get him to to um, sit there with me more. Um, if you notice in the beginning, I was coming, I was coming to him because I thought he would, I, I was coming to him with pressure because I thought he was gonna come to me, and mm -hmm. I thought, you know, from the beginning he gonna come out with fireworks, he, you know, uh, with 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 the experience. I just felt like he wasn't, he was just gonna come fighting and, and flying in with stuff, so. I dictated to to go in and um, and pull some sharp counters out in the early beginning round, you know, and because um, I knew they studied the jab, so he would try to throw a looping right hand or a lunging right hand over the over my jab because when I when I did my studying, he don't sit to shoot the right hand, he he lunges in over it, and and that was something I was I, I was watching for. So in the beginning. Um, he tried to go. Out, he tried to go before my jab, and he tried to go outside my jab mm -hmm. after my jab. Mm -hmm. And when I noticed that, I that I, I just so happened, this, this not planned, but just so happened, I hit him with a jab before he threw his jab right on the chin, 
and that's when he went down with the yep, yeah the jab. That was yeah. that first. That was that first knockdown. That, that kind of first knockdown. So I saw him trying to either shoot the jab before me. So I started throwing feints in his little offbeat. We gave him a little offbeat sense. Um, and you know, like like I said, with the inexperience, I felt like he was just gonna come out. Um, all the crap he was talking, he was just gonna come and fight. And that's what I wanted. That's what that's the game plan I wanted. But as the, as the rounds went on, you started seeing him make adjustments where he would he he started boxing me more. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was just it wasn't that I couldn't catch up early enough, but I just didn't want to um, deliver that shot too early, maybe over the top or get him looking too under when I haven't caught up to him yet. Yeah, yeah, and, um, that, that that's the kind of so thing. Basically, I was just setting him up and setting him up, setting him up and setting him up. And when he started coming back to me, mm-hmm. um. Ronnie Shields told me to hold my ground in the middle, and the shot should be under there. It yep. should be under there, and I kept my eyes open for it, and I was looking for it, you know. And just so happened, the shot was—it was like just like we practiced for like five months. And, that, and that's the thing. That's uh, that, that's why we got we get we have somebody like you on the studio. We we can go go into we can give the listeners a a chance to go into the mind of the fighter and kind of explain to them how you were setting that shot up because people people at home see that shot and they say oh man you know he timed it well but you know I, I thought I thought it was a very good explanation how you just put it where you don't want to show the shot too early where you may show the shot too early you may throw it too soon and you may not have the timing on it and then if you don't land it correctly you're going to have him looking for it the next time around and it's not going to be as much of a shock effect so I, I think I think that, that's where the patience and the veteran experience comes in and I think uh, you know obviously you, he obviously didn't see it coming at all and that was that was one thing I also went into at, on the broadcast was the fact that you held your ground. The, the entire counter is only possible because you held your feet. And I don't think people huh. understand how difficult it is in that moment when you see a punch coming your way. A regular human being's instinct is to go away from the punch. In order to land that counter precisely as you landed it, you have to have your feet planted because there's a split second move. You can't plant your feet and throw it because you've you've already wow. lost it. You've already lost it's the like shot. You was in camp with it. Yep, exactly. So, so so it was a you know it was a it was, I, I, that's what really impressed me. And also the the second part of that really impressed me was the fact that you managed to do it with the same hand, Jamal. You caught the shot and with the same okay, hand me, came around. Can I tell you about that. Mm-hmm. Can Go ahead. I tell you about that. Go ahead. Okay. Um, during camp, um, uh, with these farm partners I had, um, I was noticing me blocking, me, me knocking down the jab with the left hand, mm-hmm. with my, you know, with the jab hand. Yeah. And, and, and supposed to, to deliver my right hand because I, you figure if, if a person is trying to ever stop my jab from coming, mm-hmm. they only can do it with one hand. Yes. They can't do it with two hands. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I got a chance to watch Julian in the beginning come out and throw remember the one two that he was the solid jab right hand that he was throwing it was getting closer because I was getting closer okay okay so when I noticed that all right all right he hit me with it but I mean it wasn't as effective if I would have stepped in a little bit closer with my hands up and that's what made me give him more of a shoulder rolls step in like I'm gonna step in more so like with the shoulder Mm -hmm. and when I reached up to block the shot Instantly, I pulled the, the uppercut behind it because that's something we've been working on. Yeah, and also the roll gives you the momentum to come back with the with the with, exactly. with the, that the roll. roll give, they, yeah, they, it, they, it sets the torque. The it sets up the torque and that get that get that rip on the uppercut. And that's uh, again again that's why we have a champion like you on the show, champion, because uh, you know we want to try to give the, the perspective. That's going on in the ring as the actions continue. And something like, you know, a lot of times at home, people people watching fights, they don't realize what's the 
our brains are like computer the computers they're processing information about what's in front of us as as we're in the midst of combat so so exactly. we appreciate the the explanation of how this came came about because you knocked out a good fighter Saturday night man you know Ju- Julian Williams came in and uh, obviously you guys had had that uh, a lot of war words in, in before the fight and whatnot but there was a, a lot of expectancy about this fight and for me the only disappointment was that it ended so soon because I was looking at a lot of skills on both sides uh, but of course what's not disappointing is you know you gave a professional quality finish as a professional quality champion you know what I mean and I think uh, you don't see a, you don't see a lot of that in boxing you don't see enough of that in boxing and I think that's probably what's going to get people to talk more than anything is is the knockout because even for the simple minded people they always expect they always understand knockouts everyone understands the knockout so coming off of that I mean what is it that you're looking to do next champ because now you now you obviously have a lot of people talking uh, I mean the people that know you have known you're you've, you're at this level and, and you are you're a quality world champion. But now I think you've made a statement this year: wins over Austin Trout and Julian Williams. What is Jamal Charles looking for in 2017? Now, I, I mean, I want to continue to destroy these guys they put in front of me. Um, I'm I'm really like trying to even take it up a notch because, like you said, it was a cool knockout, but it didn't last as long. I wanted to show you more. I want you know like. I'm, I love to challenge myself, and I'm not taking nothing away from from uh, my my big victory because that's what I plan for. You know, it's like um, 2017. I want to test myself at 160 pounds uh, and let the number one spot and everything like that sort itself out at Dream Middleweight. I'm still the current champion at Dream Middleweight. The belt's not going nowhere. I'm going to continue to um, to train hard and diet myself right and and get down to 154 pounds and make the best fights out there, that's what, that's what it takes. But so, so, if so, not, then the more challenges is at 160, then that's why I'm going to be at 160 until, you know, until things shake right. So could we possibly see you in a non-title fight at 160 while you uh, test the waters there while holding your belt at 154? Yeah, um, that's that sounds like something that, um, that we've been, you know, trying to map out. Um, get one of the top ten guys. You know, I don't want to go to 160 and, and yeah. have, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one of those type of fighters. You know, I want to go in there with, with like, you know, the same competition I've been, I've been at right now. So, you know, yeah, my my idea is to test the waters at 160 pounds, um, rank myself up high enough where I can maybe shoot at a title shot there. I want to be a two-time division world champion. And, you know, it's, it's going to take a little bit of work and a little bit of uh, dedication in my time. Hey, Champ, I, I look forward to seeing you at, at middleweight. I think uh, it's a very packed division, obviously. How do you make 154 currently? Like, are you, you're not, uh, obviously, if you're keeping your title, you're not forced to go to 160. You're just challenging yourself. But how do you make weight at 154? Obviously, it's tough. It's a job. But is it uh, unbearable? Is um, it something you could see yourself continuing uh, to no, do? It's definitely not unbearable. It's it's just to the point where you have to get comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been making 154 pounds, so my mind frame already telling me you can do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and um, I probably should write a book on this because mm-hmm. my recipe is might be different from a lot of other people. Absolutely. Recipes because I make 154 pounds coming from you know a good uh 172 or 73. And I mean, I'm solid, and I'm not at 170 looking uh like slow or anything. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not over my category because, um, because I want to be. 
Yeah, you're not at 173 flabby. You're at 173 I'm solid. I'm not at 173 because, like, my body is just naturally at 173. Yeah. So I see the 160 way easier. Like, like every time I'm coming to 154 and we meet that 161, 162 mark, Yeah. I'm feeling great. Yeah, like, that's good. And, and I know that's just going, you know, to middleweight. Yeah. And I feel good. Let alone some middleweights are coming from like 185, you know. Yeah, of course. That's the thing. Also, you know, making weight uh, is is also very mental. People real uh, people think it's just physical. Where oh, you got to physically make the weight. But the biggest thing about making weight is mental. You're gonna make a weight you want to make. It's, it's how much you're willing right. to suffer, how much you're willing to stay disciplined. Because it's all it's all mental there. Because going and going to the fridge and, and and eating food or going to the fridge and getting a drink uh, of liquids when you shouldn't have that. You know, you got to mentally control yourself. You know, it's it's a right. mental control. So you may. Make the weight you want to make. Mentally strong people are going to do uh, what they want to do. Well, one of my trainers, it's funny, it, it reminds me of saying one of my trainers told me one time, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And sometimes that's what it's all about. You got to be comfortable being uncomfortable sometimes when I you're mean, making that's, weight. That's exactly what it's about, man. I get in there and I not deprive myself, but I just tell myself, nah, because this is going to hurt us later. Or, yeah, right. you know, uh, Thanksgiving come, I had a separate Thanksgiving. I you know, I wanted to enjoy it like everybody else. I got a chance to eat, though, you know. But I had to, like, get to the, the skim meal. But doesn't it but, feel good, know? champ, after you? Because I've been in that situation. Doesn't it feel good? Okay, you you skip the, the regular Thanksgiving and you skip all the, you know, all the family time because, you know, you got to have a you know, little private Thanksgiving and you can't do it like everybody else. But doesn't it feel good? After that, where you get a big win like this, you know what I mean, and you you, you can close out the year yeah, in, a, in a satisfying man, manner. My body, yeah, <laughs> but it it does, man. It's, that's the best feeling, actually, man. That's a feeling I I kind of um dream for, like after you know during the fight, during the whole process, like man, I know I'm sacrificing, but I'm doing it because I want to, like you know, so it don't hurt as much. Yeah, I'm inflicting this pain, you know, and uh. I, I make 154 pounds the solid way. I train, I eat right, I, I do everything to make the weight. It's not a, a cheating symptom in my body. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what? And that's what makes the fight even easier. For and, and you're at that age where that passion is still burning, and, and, that, and that's the, the most important thing, man. And when that passion is burning, there's nothing all the sacrifices you want to make them you know no, nobody forcing you to make them because you're so passionate about what you're doing you're so passionate about creating your legacy make, creating your name defending your title that it, you want to make these sacrifices it, it's work but it doesn't it does it, it it's not something you don't want to do it, and, and that comes from the, having a passion and i always try to explain to fighters it's very important to have a passion for what you do man because once you lose that passion this becomes only work and you start to really hate it nah i love every bit of it right now man um, even like I said, even making 154 pounds, you got to understand that I'm not thinking about weight mm -hmm. anymore. I'm thinking about staying sharp, staying fast, and you know, continue to be yep. the aggressive. Jamal Destroying the opposition. I'm, yep. I'm not necessarily even focused on weight. The weight just peeling off. But at the same time, I got the best team around me. Ronnie Shields, you know, when I'm getting a little. Uh, more fatigued than I normally, and that's not because I'm this, I'm out of shape. That's only because you know I'm losing a little weight. So yep. he 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 knows how to put the workouts in effect. Like it's a team thing. Like yeah. you know, it's so I, important. I've been fitting my title three times since I got it, and each time you. 154 pounds, you got to wake up in the morning and make 164 pounds before you even think about hydrating up. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. So it's not easy, and, and but like you said, man, 
it makes me feel a lot better knowing that I I could I could become whoever I want to be and be as great as I want to be just by staying focused. Of course, and you know, and you have a. Uh you have the sacrifices if they pay off you win and you get to enjoy uh, for me personally i remember that was my favorite part of it you know maybe you miss thanksgiving you miss the you miss uh, some some of the, the holiday but then you you get a big win in december and you get to chill for christmas and new years or you get to hang out with your family to close the year out and you're really satisfied off of a big win you know it's an extra satisfying feeling you're glad you put that work in you know it feels that much better champ congratulations on electric performance man it was a really fun fight to watch uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about the end of the fight and, and what went down. You you, you want to set the record straight for us and tell us, like, what was your mindset and what was going on? Yeah, you know, um, got carried away in my emotions in a sense. Uh, you know, I haven't felt like a big kid in a long time. And, it, you know, I, I kind of want to fight the way I wanted to win it. And, you know, with a lot of doubt in your mind, a lot of, you know, uh, people saying this and saying that and, you, you hear it and read it so much that you damn near even believe it could possibly happen. You know, just a lot of frustration just on the buildup. And I kind of, like, uh, lost control of it, you know, being excited that, about the win and just being excited, being, a, being able to just shock all the doubters. It just kind of made me feel, you know, a certain way. And uh, I, I didn't handle it uh, maturely yet. I learned from my mistakes, and even after, me and Julian both kind of like, you know, laughed it off, like, and I let them know, you know, like, you got to me, like, you know, I never would have thought another fighter would get to me, and uh, you got to me in this point, because, you know, uh, we both been through the same thing, I, I guess, everything, I, I took it personal, you know, and um, like I said, man, I learned from my mistakes, and, you know, we even spoke, and, and, and after the fight, and, you know, uh, Al Heyman's supposed to both of us, and you know, it just, it's just—it's all business, you know. At the same time, you know, I had to, you know, watch watch what I do next time. But yep. I'm always going in for the kill. And the <laughs> Absolutely. So it's—it's it's hard to like distinguish the two, and I'm learning. You know, I'm still uh, learning. Of course, of course. You know, sometimes you know, as you as you said later on, you you guys spoke, you guys even laughed it off and whatnot. Sometimes you, your mind doesn't relinquish being in fight mode just at, at right when the fight's over. You know I mean? you got to kind of let the adrenaline calm down. I think maybe it was just an, an adrenaline-filled moment. Uh, there had been a lot of build-up to that fight, a lot of talking and whatnot. Um, and so, you know, the emotions sometimes do get do get uh, uh, a little high after, after fights, for sure. Well, it's amazing that, that they could be so passionate. Like like Jamal saying, you know, you, you, you're excited, obviously. This is a big moment. But at the same time, while the the fight's going on, he's so calm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I watched a lot of little battles going on that, like little jab battles, and mm-hmm. you know, it's very disciplined on the champ's part to keep staying with the jab, even though, like mm-hmm. he said, Julian was coming out specifically to counter that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people stop jabbing? You know, it's yeah. uh, it's very disciplined. It was it was really impressive. But Jamal, we want to thank you for being on coming on our show, man, and giving us a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, we're gonna let you uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, uh, and uh, we look forward. We look forward to seeing you and your brother in 2017, man. Good luck to both of you guys. Hey, man, thank y'all for having me. You okay. got it, champ. Take care. Uh, that was, was great, good. man. Yeah, yeah. You know, He's I, a good kid. And yeah, I you know. I've I've known the brothers since uh, they were prospects coming up the ladder. You know, and they've they've actually always been pretty impressive. And even Julian was always a a, a guy I was really impressed with coming up the ladder. This, they, I've been saying it. This is one of those weight classes that are really super dangerous. I mean, you, you're stepping in dynamite, no matter where you go. So. 
So, you know, there's going to be a lot of good fighters that are going to take L's and you know, they're going to have to try to stay mentally strong and rebound off of L's where if they were in a lesser weight class and let a lesser weight class, they would probably get to the top a lot faster, a lot sooner, you know? P and I were talking about uh, Charlo and, you know, I was just so impressed with the fight, I think, like, I like him against Canelo, and I, I give him a really good shot against Triple G. Even Speed said maybe I'm going a little too far Triple with the Triple G's G. Triple G is tough, but I, I, I've been saying he beats Canelo even before I saw him. I well, saw the Julian Williams fight on uh, social media. You, you know, know with, people uh, people think uh, people always misunderstand popularity with skills. with actually skills. You know, what I mean, popularity is a different thing than skills. You may like somebody. I love the Toro Gotti. I wasn't going to tell you he would be Floyd Mayweather when he right. was fighting Floyd Mayweather. You know, as a matter of fact, if you thought Toro was going to be Floyd Mayweather, I, I, I actually laughed at you. And I love the Toro Gotti. Right. You know what I mean? So, so like, you have to know how to differentiate what you're watching and who you want to win. You know what I mean? It's two different things. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, Canelo has a lot of fans, you know, so that they all, but being a fan of somebody doesn't mean you get blinded and, and not understand, you know, what your fighter's capable of and what he's not capable of. And Canelo's a great fighter. I just think Tr- Jamal is a, is a more complete fighter. And he won't fight him until, you know, he gets that triple G fight because he not doesn't want to risk that. anything. But not yeah. only that, I mean the, the Heyman and Golden Boy uh, right. saga going on outside the ring is so rough and, and vicious right now that I don't think any of either nobody, none of those, no fighters belonging to those two sides are ever going to fight each other for the time being. That's it, terrible. It, it's not a, it's not a thing that uh, that's even close to being resolved. I don't think from what I hear. I saw on social media, uh, Boo Boo came up to you, Andrade. Yeah, and uh, you were talking about how it's it is a great weight class, and he's mm. one of those talents. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also uh, was at was he at the convention? Uh, or maybe no, this was the post fight press conference. No, he spoke. Post-fight, yeah, post fight press conference. And he was saying, you know, no disrespect, congratulations, but mm. when can I get some of that? Yeah, you that's know? what that's what you got to do when you're uh, when you're with a team that doesn't market you and doesn't do anything for you. You know, unfortunately, you know, the, and Booboo is stuck with a team that is going to send him to Germany in his next fight. Like, you know, they they don't get him a lot of marketing, and you know, obviously, you know, you gotta. You gotta un- you gotta understand who to sign with and what they can do for you and what they can't do for you. You know, uh, the 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 hellos and uh, and, and uh, taking you to a nice dinner or whatnot to sign you is all fine and dandy, but you gotta be able to deliver at the end of the day. And um, a guy like Boo Andre deserves a team that delivers. I, it's been a, a bit disappointing for me because I've seen I've seen Dimitri's Boo Andre since the amateurs, and I've been impressed with him since the amateurs. As a matter of fact, I I even sparred with him when he was an amateur, and and um, you know, so I've always I've known him for a while and. I always expected some good things out of him and, and it's a shame that you know he hasn't been given the the uh, platform that maybe a lot of these other great fighters have had because I think Demetrius is also a, a great fighter in his own right but his platform is a little bit different you know and honestly I think you can go to Germany and stop okay I think okay sucks I think most of the German champions suck but <laughs> but but um it's just not fair that he has to do that. it's not, not fair that he has to do it he's got to take short money for it he's got to go over there and risk being robbed no if, one's he gonna see if he doesn't it. stop okay you know uh he may you know i think that's why you see dimitri's uh boo andre going to these post press conferences and calling out these guys because i think in his mind because I, I you know i've been in somewhat similar situations i think in his mind he's looking to try to draw the attention of one of the big names so maybe he won't have to go to Germany. Yeah, you know what course. I'm saying? Or he won't have to, you know, be off to the sidelines in, in fights that, you know, people are paying less attention to, you know? Like he so the only way you do it is uh because your team's not doing it, is you know, you go out and you act like a madman and you uh, you know, go call guys out and, and you know, do what you gotta do to try to hope to lure somebody in or try to build up enough try to build up enough imp- interest from the public and from the media 
to where, okay, now people may take the fight, you know? And he's like, uh, you know, he sees this big party going on at 154, and, and, and he's outside. They, you know, he, they're asking who he is, who he knows, and he's just by the velvet rope yeah. waiting, you know, yeah. and everybody's popping bottles and eating, yeah. and everybody's having a good time but him, you know? He, yeah. wants, he wants to play, too. You yeah, know? of course. Hopefully they get that opportunity. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm not convinced he goes to Germany for sure to fight Kokei. I think he's looking for, actively looking for something else to go on and but uh we'll see you know the wbo title will be vacant because canelo is gonna go up to 160 you know so the wbo junior middleweight title will be vacant i don't know what andre is ranked at junior at w in the wbo but but uh you know he may be maybe he can angle towards getting his old belt back because at the end of the day that was his belt that he ended up having to vacate because they didn't get him fights so or there was some kind of beef going on where he tried to sign with rock nation and leave his promoter well, he was gonna fight charlo yeah, then he was going to fight Charlo, but again, it was always problems with his promoter. I mean, and this is not the first time he ended up getting stripped. This is not the first time that a fighter has problems with this with that promoter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to air out all kinds of dirty laundry, but this is the same promoter that some other fighters have had trouble with too. And so it's not, it's it, it doesn't become coincidence at the end of the day, bro. You, you, if everybody, I don't know, understand how. You know, if, if you can only come up with a certain kind of game plan for your fighter and you can't do what other people can do for him, okay, but you still got to let everybody eat. You know what I mean? Everybody has to eat. You can't be a pig. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's the problem with some of these people in, in this sport, bro. They're pigs. You know what I mean? They're just, they're just taking way too much money from these fighters. But you, you're already not delivering a package deal that you should be able to deliver to the fighter. Now you're also taking most of it, more of it than you should right. be. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Because a fighter's career lasts only a certain amount of time. A promoter's career lasts fucking 10 However times more. They want you know what I'm to. saying? Andrade's the number one contender for WBO. WBO. Wow. Yep. Well, so that, be. see? So, that's, yeah. so that right there gives uh -huh. you an, give you an angle. Uh -huh. Yeah. Gives you an angle. That gives you a little bit of an angle to where that's why maybe this cocaine thing in Germany may not happen, you know? Like I said, I think Bubu still could stop cocaine. I think cocaine sucks. But, but you know, it, it's the risk of if you don't stop cocaine, you don't get a decision. Like, you know, Absolutely. you've literally seen guys win all 12 rounds in Germany and not get a decision. It's a joke. It's so, ridiculous. Because I don't know any of those guys that can fight. I mean, literally, I don't think any of those can fight. <laughs> they just buy world titles over there and defend them against guys you never heard of. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. It is you know? do it's been documented on previous episodes of From Brooklyn to the World, how you feel about German <laughs> boxers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's it's, 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 a, it's a wild thing. It's a wild thing. It's, it's, it's but, um... Man, they haven't had a good fighter since Schmeling. <laughs> hey, so, so we covered uh, the Charlo Williams fight. It was a great fight, man. That that whole night was yeah, was fantastic. Let's talk about. I found out I was having a baby boy. Hey, congratulations, Boom. congratulations, as, uh, as we say. That's great. Uh, not lachaim. Uh, mazel tov. Mazel. Not lachaim. That's to life. Yeah, it's a uh, toast. Lachaim is a toast. Mazel tov is congratulations. Mazel tov, congratulations. Yeah. And right. what is lachaim? Lachaim is to life. It's a right. toast. Like a toast. So what do you mean? We do lachaim then because uh, it's to life. Hey, you do both. You do both. No chins on. Huh? Come on. What Come about on. Zach? Zach from LA goes mazel. <laughs> mazel. <laughs> There's no top. Yeah. No. No. Top sound too Russian. That's very LA Jews. LA Jews. They mazel. 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 We'll do a double mazel in sometimes. Double mazel. Yeah. Double mazel is more work than top. You could just say top. I know, but it's like it's more trendy. Really? But mazel is two syllables. So if you say mazel. Mazel, mazel, you now said four syllables. Oh, mazel tov is three syllables. But you're, very, work, but very you're working less. Very trendy. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. trendy. Yeah, they work for the trend. Uh, um, great, great two fights, man. Let's talk about the second fight too. Or we can start with Joshua too Ab if you want. Oh, was Joshua was in the daytime. Oh, Joshua was in the daytime. You, you called that, so you yeah. got a lot of TV time, my friend. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, you know, I, you capitalist. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, <laughs> we, we, because we were in uh, we were in uh, uh, Showtime 
we with for Showtime. I didn't get to go to England for the week because uh, I had the opportunity to work with Sky, but I couldn't do it this past weekend. So we we called the Joshua fight. We'd actually call it. We we tied into the Sky broadcast, uh, and we just did something from our uh, host desk in, yeah, inside the uh, inside, and, uh, inside the uh, USC uh, the arena over there, whatever it's called, uh, Galen Galen center or whatever it's called they yeah. had you waiting for a while yeah yeah well you know we can't the thing about sky the fight is it's on pay-per-view so if it's a pay-per-view they don't have a, a schedule you know there's no broad there's no show on after or before right. so they can kind of take their time and and do what we had to do and we had a lot of time to fill so we started filling and this is where i'm gonna get pissed off over. i got really pissed off about this and i found out later they showed the katie taylor fight okay Katie Taylor, first, which first of all to me is worthless. She's a good fighter. She's a good fighter, but to me it's worth it because because in the U.S. we didn't even show Clarissa Shields. You have our Olympic gold medalist. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if and then granted Clarissa was on the HBO uh, pay per view uh, on the card of, of a few weeks ago, so it wasn't it wasn't my didn't work that I worked for was Showtime. But regardless, the bottom line is still this: nobody showed Clarissa Shields a few weeks ago. Now you're gonna show us Katie Taylor from the undercard of uh, uh, of Joshua and Molina. Meantime. It, it, it wasn't even live the Katie Taylor fight Katie no. Taylor had fought like 20 minutes before 30 minutes before okay they, when we're showing Katie Taylor what was about to start was uh, Chisora Chisora versus White I saw okay? that on Twitter I'm like so Chisora oh, wow. versus White was about to start and we, we're we told that we're not gonna show Chisora versus White and in the moment I thought maybe oh it's because we had we would have had to buy the rights to it and you know maybe we didn't want to buy the rights to it I find out afterwards, after we go off the air in between shows, because you know we go ahead, there was a between, there was an intermission between the Joshua fight and then the uh, Charlo fight later on, that we they were giving us the Chisora White fight for free and we didn't take it. Oh. We didn't take it. What, what, and I heard there was controversy it, in that fight. It was a great fight. I heard. I heard it was like fight of the year. I still haven't seen it. You know how pissed off I was. Like, how do you just turn away free shit? Like, you had to know that was gonna be a good fight. They were throwing tables at press conferences, dude. <laughs> like, how often do you see tables get thrown at press conferences? Like, how do you just actually, turn that fight down? Chisora actually puts his head down as if like to give him a sh- sh- yeah? yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It, what, what was it? If I said to give him a what? White was White had his head like this, and he got up and he was like, and like, and, come and, come on, bro. and what Chisora was like. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. I, was, I, was, I like to see the bad Talking blood. About a rematch you know? already too. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I, I gotta get to my my boss Stephen and, and tell him we gotta go buy the rematch. That's buy it. The we rematch. Gotta, oh, maybe well, apparently it's free. <laughs> 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 hey, that shit ain't gonna be free now. That fight was so good the first time. Now they're gonna charge you for it. You know. And now they now they charge you for it the second time around. <laughs> but uh, you know, I would have liked to see. Uh, uh, that's a good fight. I think I think so both. I think Chisora kind of rescued his Chisora kind of rescued his career because Chisora was in desperate need of a good performance. Because, yes. you know he had kind of been beaten by the top guys and people thought like he was damaged goods. But I always looked at Chisora and White. I said, man, these guys make some fight because they're always great trash talkers. They're always there's always like like remember Chisora slapping Vitaly Klitschko. <laughs> remember uh, I remember Dillian White talking a bunch of trash to, in the Anthony Joshua lead up. I was on the undercard. Chisora spit the water in Vladimir's face. And he wasn't even fighting him. Chisora spit the water in Vladimir's face. And what is he fighting like? <laughs> Like you just knew this shit was shit was gonna go down when these two fall because they're just really really maniacal guys, you know. So so and it did. I mean, uh, Chisora threw a table at, at him across the across the stage at the press fight week press Eddie conference. Hurt. Almost Eddie had a duck and everything, you know. Eddie showed us that you know he's got a little. He's not just a boxing promoter, but he he's has, a big guy. He has the man. reflexes. Yeah. Well, he got he, he got in there and you know then they then they got in a great fight. I mean, they got in a great fight that I still haven't seen. Have you seen it or no? No. Nope. You know what? Tonight on YouTube, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. You know what? I will have some meatballs. <laughs> you will have some meatballs. I knew you. I knew you'd come around. Ma! The meatloaf! <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, I, I think we, I think that's what we're going to do. That's going to be the plan tonight is to watch the uh, 
Tristora versus White Fight on YouTube, and then we'll talk, well, we can tweet then about it with our loyal British absolutely. British uh, UK UK listeners that they've been raving about this fight, and then they tell me to watch it, and I haven't been able to watch it. And then Anthony Joshua, I mean. Anthony, then, okay, then we get the Anthony Joshua fight with Eric Molina. I thought Eric Molina was not fighting to survive. Just for the record, I still think Eric right, Molina was not fighting to survive. That, explain I think, that to the listeners. I think Molina realized that, you know, you can't match Joshua for the boxing skills. And if you try to match Joshua for the boxing skills, he's going to wind up setting you up and probably cracking you with something you don't want to get cracked with. So fight a real defensive fight early on. See if you can lure him in and maybe to being impatient. Because this is a guy in Joshua who... Hasn't got a lot of rounds. I mean, his last fight with uh, Dominic Brazil, he did go some rounds, but he, he likes to get the fight out uh, out and over with early. So maybe if you don't give him any openings, maybe he'll kind of overstep his boundary and reach, and you can crack him with that big right hand. Because Molina, you know, that's kind of been his bread and butter. He's not a real skilled guy. He's a little bit rough around the edges, but he's a rough dude. He's a he's a, got a lot of character. He he and he's hurt guys with the right hand. He's he hurt Wilder with the right hand. He stopped uh, Adamek with the right hand. You know, so he's a guy who you know knows how to knows how to maneuver himself in there, even if he's uh, the worst for wear, or, or even if he's less the lesser talented of the two fighters. So, I got that gist from him, because Molina never struck me as the kind of guy who has no character. You know? Right, so, absolutely. So, going in there, I, I thought he was trying to, and he did try a couple of counter right hands around two. You know, like, nobody really made anything of it because he missed them because Joshua's perfect form, you know, his, he kind of blocked them with his shoulder off the jab, but he tried a couple of right hands over the, over the top of the jab, and, you know, that's what he was looking for. He was looking for Joshua to overreach or overstep his boundary, you know, and, and Joshua, you got to give credit where credit is due. Joshua stayed disciplined, and he, he kept his raw fundamental, he kept his base fundamentals, and he uh, didn't overstep, didn't go off balance, and, of course, he finally got his man, and Joshua, when he gets his man, gets his man. I mean, here's the thing. The knockout happens... He gets him with a big right hand, and Molina slumps over the ropes. A guy with lesser patience would just throw another right hand to the side of his head and just start going crazy. Joshua, if you watch it, has the wherewithal to go to the other outside of the ropes and kind of bring his hook back in, to, in towards the ropes mm -hmm. to pick Molina back up off the he ropes. Sure did. You know what I mean? And then he can finish him off. So again, a very clinical finish. You might, you probably don't even realize in the moment. Uh, a, a more sloppy finisher will hurt Molina right there and then just continue to throw right hands because he's giving you the side the side view, you know? So, so uh, intelligent finish by Joshua on that. And that was all she wrote. I mean, that was a really good fight. I mean, that was a really good ending. Not a really good fight, but it was a really good ending. And of course, then the naysayers will say Molina does another bomb this and that. I, I thought Molina was a good fighter. I I thought it was a solid win. And listen, sometimes you get you get got, you get hit. You right. know what I'm saying? And, and that Especially was with those big guys. Yeah. I mean, and Vladimir comes in the ring. And then Vladimir and Vlad comes in the ring. Vladimir comes in the ring. <clears throat> and, and and you know, it, you know what I don't like about boxing? It's just too gentlemanly. It's too like you know. We had White and Chisora. You see how, how excited everybody got, and then the fight was great. Like. Like, dude, in, in mixed martial arts, if you let the next opponent come in the ring, they're going to be talking about, who wants to see me kick this guy's ass? Mm -hmm. ah, I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy all over the place. Ah. In boxing, Vladimir <laughs> comes in the ring, and he's going to ask you three questions, and you're waiting, like, you're waiting for the third one to be, like, a big, juicy one, you know? Yeah. Like, who want to watch this fight? <laughs> who want to do this and who want to do that? In the end, I thought the third one was going to be, who wants to see me knock out Anthony Joshua? Or something, just so everybody could be like, ooh, you know, but you get a reaction. Something, anything. Instead, it was just like, would be great fight. And then he gives them a high five. I'm like, dude, this is why nobody watches I'm going boxing. to make a lot of money. They, they stage. A lot of money. They stage WWE. Uh, they stage it. Yes. And it's because there's animosity, even in the staging, people watch it more. You have to show real, raw competitiveness here. And they're going to be, don't get me wrong. I mean, 
they're gonna compete. They, they, they're fighting for a lot. There's a lot at stake in this fight, so they are gonna compete. It's not like they're not gonna compete, but people want to see a build up. People want to see a build up, dude. You know, I'm, I'm not. You know, I think it's getting a little softer. You know what, Chizora? They said he's gonna get fined for the throwing a table. Yeah, you know what? Maybe he shouldn't throw a table. But at the end of the day, if it happens, why are you gonna find these guys, bro? What happened, oh, bro? Kill Las somebody. Vegas, Las Vegas, <laughs> find Conor McGregor for throwing water, bro. Let me throw, let me throw some water, bro. Let me throw some water. You know what I mean? Like, what? I, I can't throw water now. And what happened? Barclays, remember when he ran oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tyson Fury at the Barclays Center. See, Chris Gilmore right here. He's just contributing to, the, to our show. Chris, Chris uh, just reminded me about Tyson Fury at the Barclays Center when, when Deontay knocked out Spilka, got in the ring, and he and he did the whole WWE thing. You know what I loved about Tyson Fury? He took his jacket off and he slammed it on the ground. You see what like, about his tie? That was total. That was, <laughs> yeah, his, tie. his tie was like up to his nipples. No? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. But you know what I'm saying? That's great, it's fun, bro. It's fun. People love that. Like MMA does it, wrestling does uh, it, and then you had Vladimir and Joshua, and I was like, wow. We're going and even Joshua hands. wasn't just me or Joshua was talking less. Like usually Joshua was more charismatic. Like I'm like, oh, what do you think about Vladimir? And he's like, yeah. Like, well, and David Hay tweeted, uh, "You gotta get, get each other's fucking heads out of your asses." <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. God, man. You, you know, know, hey, you remember Hay for Klitschko? There was no, uh, yeah. you know, respect. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. You know, it's a fight at the end of what the day. You, what do you think about that fight? I, I think you, you're probably catching jo Klitschko at the right time uh, because by the time they fight, it's a year and a half off uh, for Klitschko, and he's going to be 41 years old by the time they fight. So I think, uh, you know, sometimes lifetiming is everything, and I think it's a it's a good moment for Joshua. Having said that, I still like to see a little bit of head movement on the part of Joshua. He doesn't show me any head movement, and a Klitschko right hand down the pipe doesn't take very long to l land, of course. But also having said that, you got to find the range with your feet to be able to put yourself in position to throw that sharp one too. You know what I mean? And to find the range with your feet when your feet are not as strong or not uh, your legs are not as strong or, or as, as springy anymore, maybe Vladimir can't find the range as easily as he wants to. He definitely couldn't find the range against Tyson Fury. You know what I mean? And you didn't let go of the right hand at all. So, so you know, uh, part of finding your range to let go of the punches is putting yourself in position with your feet first. So so I, I'm thinking Josh will probably catch catching Klitschko at the right time, but it's still a dangerous fight, and it's still a, a terrific fight to make. And if he, if he wins that fight, which we all probably think he will win, then he'll potentially fight Deontay Wilder later in the year. Yeah, potentially fight Deontay but Wilder Deontay later in the year. was in the studio with them. That was part of that yeah, build you know, up. And yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm curious about all that, you know, because De Deontay was talking to me even off the air, told me how much how bad he wants these fights and whatnot, and, you know, you kind of feel for him. He's got the injury, and I've been through injuries, man, and, you know, you're just laying off on the sideline, and you're dying to get back in there as a competitor. You're dying to get back in there and, and show your stuff, so I think Deontay's excited about he's going to get back in the ring, and, you know, maybe he's not going to fight King Kong his next fight because you got to test out the injuries, but I think by the end of the year, he wants the winner of Joshua and Klitschko. King Kong I think just he's fought. Gonna, I think he's actually... Uh, I think he's actually uh, going to wind up uh, still probably having to deal with the winner of Povetkin and Stavern, which is this weekend, which is this Saturday night in, in Siberia, in Russia. Literally in Siberia they're fighting. Um, so, so uh, Povetkin, you know, if Povetkin comes out of that one, you're going to have yourself a, a wilder Povetkin situation all over again, you know? So, so if he passes uh, the test, so yeah, it's a good get, fight. Yeah, yeah, it's a good fight. So if you get through that, then, uh, you know, maybe the maybe it's wilder Povetkin if Povetkin gets through Stavern. <laughs> And then um, after Wilder Povetkin, you have uh, uh, the winner of uh, the winner of that fight. Fight can fight the winner of Joshua and Klitschko. You know, yeah. Here's the to hoping so. Here's the yeah, hoping of course. so. You know, by the end of 2017. So that's kind of what you're looking at. So the heavyweight division is getting some uh, positive uh, views here. You know, it's getting some you know positive feedback. People are. I think people are excited about this, and I think you're gonna get uh, some excitement going on with these possible fights and with these fights happening. You know, definitely. So that's good. So later on in the night, then you know, I ended up. You know, before 
I got I worked the modest fight and the Charlo fight. We were off air, and I, I started watching the, some of the undercard fights. I think we had it on our Facebook Live. Like I'm not the most technologically advanced guy, <laughs> you know. And, and anybody that knows me knows this. Was it Erickson Lubin? Or? It was Erickson. Erickson Lubin was on. Uh, he blew somebody out of the water. But then there was a fight, and usually we, I guess we have these fights on Showtime Extreme. But now maybe mm-hmm. we're doing them on Facebook Live. I don't understand. I still don't understand the technology part of this. I, I don't. I don't know if this means we're not going to have Showtime Extreme anymore, and we're just going to do Facebook Live, or it, it was just this particular situation where we didn't have Showtime Extreme. We're just going to do Facebook Live. But what sucks about that is guys like me who are way behind technologically, and even guys like my grandfather who love to watch the fights. He's not going to go log on to Facebook Live, guys. Like, the guy's eighty years old. He doesn't even know what <laughs> Facebook is. I mean, so you you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of people that want to watch your fights that aren't. That's Aren't going to be able to watch it. And even you. What, you put on Facebook Live Saturday? Absolutely not. No, you didn't. And you know what? The best fight of the night was on Facebook Live, guys. I hate to tell you. Off TV, Sergey Lipinets and, and Lenny Zappavina beat the shit out of each other like they were in an alley. Like, <laughs> like, like it was like an alley fight. Like, well, wait, wait. It was a, a, su- a super lightweight. They beat the shit out of each other like they were in an alley cat brawl like it was unbelievable <laughs> both guys bleeding bombs away knockdowns and finally Lipinets got him out of there in round 8 uh, but shout out to Lenny Zappavina despite a, a, a loss a heroic courageous effort he's actually Italian Australian I met him when, uh, when he was in uh, oh, training yeah, in LA he me, yeah, yeah he's, he speaks a little bit of Italian he just you know his family moved to Australia mm-hmm. from Italy you know, he's it? born in Australia alley cat brawl dude I'm telling you it was like alley cats like, you know like, like you know like the like you know like those street cats like like you're in a, or like just an alley fight in general, you know what I'm saying? Like, Something like this, like, but dude, they just they were hammering each other. It was crazy. Like Lipinets got hurt, uh, then Zapovina went down, and Lipinets would hurt Zapovina. Then Zapovina would get Lipinets' attention. Then finally Lipinets lands a sharp one too, and Zapovina just goes down, and he just can't get up. You know, and it was a like, what a fight. What Thanks a, fight. a lot, Show Extreme. <laughs> so, <laughs> Usually that's where that fight is. It's yeah. <laughs> I love the show. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, uh, we'll probably testing the waters, you know, and seeing what kind of audience. I mean, listen, Facebook. you can put the rest of the other car on Facebook. Libro? <laughs> Libro, that's Italian Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That sounds yeah. better. Yeah, Libro. Libro vivo. <laughs> Libro vivo. Facebook Live. Nice. Yeah, so, it's catchy. So, so, um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I remember calling my grandfather, thinking like, "Oh man, he's watching a fight." I called my grandfather. I'm like, "Yo, you watching this?" You know, my watching grandfather loves the fights. And he's like, "Well, I don't have anything on over here." I'm like, "Showtime Extreme." He's like, "There's nothing on." I'm like, "No, I went to." I'm like, it. "Unbelievable, dude! Unbelievable!" So hopefully we get that together. You know, I was, I was you know, we, we we put together a good card Saturday night. But we, when you but fought Tito, that would have that would have been on Facebook Live. Yeah, can you imagine? Horrible. Yeah, though, we we still had Showtime Extreme on our last show in the summer. It's true. Hopefully we uh we we do a little bit of both, you know. I, I don't mind Facebook Dude, Live. You're a big shot over there. You can probably make this call yourself. This why is why we need Steven in our sh- on our show. We need to get, we, why can't we it be on Showtime? Brian Daly, why Steven, can't it be on, David on Dinkins, Showtime Gordon. Extreme and streamed on Facebook Live at the same yeah. time? Yeah. yeah. They only have 17 Showtime channels. I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, I, I want to hear about the, the the main event, but I don't I don't want to hear the Kermit Bayless version. I want to hear like, your yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the main event, I thought uh, Abner Modest, A lot of people uh, unjustfully wrote, wrote him off, and this is the problem with boxing. And this is what I told you about before that the problem with boxing is that guys fight each other, they get beat, 
and then right away somebody's done their history their their past their prime right away so this is this this is why you wind up having fighters who don't want to take on tough challenges because they don't want to be viewed as that if in case they lose that tough challenge you know and this is the problem and so Abner Maris was coming in here to kind of rejuvenate his career because he'd been kind of written off written off about what I don't know I mean he got a first round knockout where he got caught well, it could happen to anybody yeah. and then he had a he lost a sensational fight to Leo Santa Cruz which was a very competitive fight so kids are savage so you know he fights uh, Jesus Cuellar, who's a Cuellar, who's a who's a, gr- who's a really good fighter. You know, he's a, a very hard puncher, known to, known to really be a, a difficult guy to deal with. I watched him obliterate Juan Manuel Lopez a couple of years ago when I was working a fight on Fox Sports One. So I, I've seen his power firsthand. Abner really did a great job of keeping him off balance, boxing, moving, stepping out of range. Um, you know, Quajar tried, you know, and, and at the end of the day, Quajar was landing some nice body shots, I thought, which might slow down Abner late in the fight, but it looked like Quajar uh, probably slowed down more than Abner, and, and some of it is to do with Abner, Abner's uh, ability, and some of it also has to do, I think, with Quajar's uh, inability to make weight very easily, you know what I'm saying? Quajar was another one who had a lot of trouble making weight, and Freddie was telling us that, uh, Freddie Roach's trainer was telling us that, you know, he's a big guy, you know, so maybe Quajar's best bet is to maybe to move up to 130 pounds and uh, to... Uh, you know, to to maybe try 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 his luck over there because he's a, he's an exciting fighter and he'll make for great TV fights. But definitely got to give a shout out to Abner Modest because he he put on a, a a really great and wonderful display to really solidify his status uh, as a top and viable guy at 126 pounds. I personally do not go with the secondary version of the WBA title. I think it's all bullshit. You know, I mean, I think the WBA title has should have one world champion. So I don't know how in the world we were promoting on Showtime. How we were promoting this was a WBA featherweight title fight uh, between Abnormales and Angels Quajar. When our last Showtime show, which we didn't we didn't have and had one since the summer, we had the WBA featherweight title fight. The same belt was Leo Santa Cruz and Carl Frampton. And then in our very next Showtime show, uh, no, actually in two Showtime shows, and the next one is the Guild uh, and Jack. And next, the very next month, we're gonna give you a WBA featherweight title fight between Santa Cruz and Frampton. Guys, this is why nobody watches boxing anymore. I mean. It's confusing. You're gonna, if somebody just doesn't doesn't watch fights and then just randomly turns it on, I'll be like, wait, two two completely different guys fought for this exact same belt last month, didn't they? What happened to those guys? Now it's two completely new guys fighting for the same belt in the same weight class. Like, like you can't do that. You, you're gonna confuse people. Yeah, it's impossible to keep up with the champions. Like, it's getting difficult for even me to keep up with the champions, and I'm in the band business. You know what I'm saying? So, so, I mean, again, I I, I went into this before when I, when I had my experience, uh, when I fought uh, Vyacheslav Sinchenko in Ukraine, I would not have risked my entire career to go there for a B title, for a secondary title. I would not have done that. The only reason I went to Ukraine at the end of the, at the, end of the day to try and win the WBA welterweight title because that was a three and a half to one underdog. I mean, everybody pretends like they that didn't happen. Now, you know, everybody pretends like it wasn't even a big win. But going into the fight, nobody thought I would win. I was three and a half to one on the dog. This guy was undefeated. They were waiting for him to come to America. He was being talked about. You know, now looking back, I probably beat him. And it's like, oh, that guy who couldn't fight. Yeah, I know. So, so if, if, it was, if it was if it was a secondary version of the title, I would not have gone. Because I knew I was risking the, my entire career for this fight. So, I, I would not have gone. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I think... You know, the the main version of the BA title is still a very prestigious belt. It's still one of the main titles in boxing, and I and I, and I respect those four major organizations because they they they've always developed the cream of the crop as champions. You know what I'm saying? But y- you can't make two champions in the same organization. You know, and, and WBA has been doing a, a good job of 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 combining their titles back. But uh, I think I think you, you got to start speeding up the process, man. You know what I mean? Because because you're delegitimizing. The real champions, like like I'm gonna be looked at as WBA, former WBA, WBA world champion, and then 
there's gonna be 40 guys in, in one weight class <laughs> and say at the same time we're also WBA champions you know what I'm saying like you, you can't do that to me you know what I'm saying but it's delegitimizing what I did you know it's delegitimizing what anybody else does waters it down you know it waters it down yeah. and then uh, you know because you don't separate the two. Like, you know, there's, there's the WBA featherweight champion and the WFA featherweight champion. Like, like Jimmy Lennon Jr. Def- announced the winner on Saturday night and the new WBA featherweight champion of the world, Abner Modest. Next month, he's going to announce the new or the, or the still WBA featherweight champion. It's going to be Frampton or Santa Cruz. Like, y- you're watering the whole shit down here. You know what I mean? It's not like the WBC or the IBF or WBO where you can say, oh, it's a different organization that you make sense. This is that's not kinda, a different, that's kinda not a different the, organization. That's you know? kind of watered down as it is already with the four different it's, champions. For me, it's not because they, we don't fight every three weeks like we, they did in the 50s. So, anybody, you know, you're going to have a guy prime of his career lasts like three years if you're fighting two times a year you'll have you'll have terrific fighters who will never get a title shot if you do that so so you're gonna having four world titles for me major organization is fine because otherwise you're gonna have fighters that don't get ever get title shots you know and, and then there'll be too many good fighters that don't ever fight for the title good point so, so so for me the four organizations is fine just don't make interims and and the interim used to be normal when it was really an interim we know what interim used to be was you won an interim title when the champion, you had to uh, step aside or try to make a unification or take a different mm-hmm. fight, and you became the interim <clears throat> champion, and the champion had six months to fight you. If he did not fight you within six months, he would be stripped, and you would become the full champion. You had six months to solidify that status. You know what I mean? It, it, in more than six months, the interim title would be uh, would disappear off your title. Either you would have fought the champion, or you would have you would have, you would have become the full champion. And he would have been stripped. You like now, Riddick, Bo, now you got, now, yeah. Now you got guys being interim champions for like three years. You know what right. I mean? It's like you can't do that. You know that that, that that defeats the whole purpose of what interim even means. You know, so so um, you know, uh, Abner had a great win Saturday night. Uh, but I, I'd like to see him against the winner of Santa Cruz and Frampton. I, I would. I'm I, sure he would too. I'm sure he would too. <laughs> Abner will fight anybody, and we know he'll. One we, of my we favorites will, to watch. We already know he'll fight anybody. You know, and I think it's a. There's a lot of possibilities, a lot of great TV fights and possibilities out there. You know, also I want to see the return of some of these other uh, featherweights. You know, Gary Russell, uh, mm-hmm. Lee Selby, um, and there's probably guys named I'm even missing in there that you know are good fighters. You know, so uh, it's gonna be fun. What yeah. fight was Kermit Bayless watching? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was only watching body shots because Jean landed some good body shots. Maybe he was only watching body shots. Maybe he just had a bad night. You know, is that, that like that the, fight? Like Mara's but is that, the is fight. that like the hey, give my brother a job? You know, is that no, he's been a judge for a while. He's, he's not as known as he's just not as known as Skip. I mean, Kenny Kenny Bayless is good. Oh, Kenny Bayless, yeah, he's Skip. Uh, <laughs> Skip, <about> Skip. <laughs> I just put him in Skip Bayless. Kenny, yeah, a lot of different confusion between any of the now. I, now I made Skip Bayless, Kermit Bayless, brother. Don't even start with that guy. <laughs> Did you hear Skip? What do he say now? Oh no, I well, I tweeted to somebody. Don't even pay attention to him. The guy's a moron. That Conor McGregor uh, Mayweather has no chance in a boxing in match. a boxing match. Yeah. Oh, now, stop! Yeah, it. No, 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 he no. does it on purpose. Guys, yes, that's right. He's got it. He's got it. No one is that dumb. No human being that dumb. There's no human being that dumb. He does it on purpose. Oh. He does it to get a reaction. Well, yeah. right. so we, let's not give him the reaction. Right. Please. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Even he knows in his mind when he goes to exactly. sleep that Floyd mops the floor with Conor <laughs> in a boxing ring. Come on. Speaking about Conor and you and everything, that has led us to something else, correct? Yeah, it did lead to something else actually, and this is what I mean about. Uh, when I got people tweeting me about Paulie looking for a payday, Paulie's irrelevant, or Paulie's. I'm always a step ahead of you stupid bastards. And this is why I'm where I am in life, and this is why you guys tweet me with dumb shit. You understand me? For all you jerk off that tweet me with dumb shit, this is why. Look at an egg. Because, because in keeping my name in the spotlight off of. 
I knew Conor McGregor wasn't going to box. Was he, was he kidding? You know what I'm saying? But I'm, you know what? If he's going to bite headlines off of boxing, then I'm going to bite the headlines off of him too. Screw it. You know what I'm saying? Keeps my name in the mix. And I have been all for the WBA light welterweight championship title shot. And we're coming to terms. It looks like we're going to make the fight for April 15th in Scotland. So all you jerk-offs, Paulie always knows what he's talking about. Shut up with your trolling tweets. Go troll somebody else, please. You fucking mutts. Please. What about your, uh, you got the guy, imposter also on Twitter, right? Oh, yeah, there's an imposter. Oh, today was funny. You know, the imposter's like a little bit of uh, comedy, you know, because whatever, dude. I mean, you do what you want to do. If you're dumb enough to believe the imposter, then you're, you know, you, 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 you both deserve each other. You know what I'm saying? Today, you're not, this you're morning, not no, no, Is that what you're saying? No, right. but whatever. If you're dumb enough, to, yeah, there's a check mark, dude. There's a, he can use the same exact format as my page, but there's a check mark on my name. I mean, that's it. The check mark makes my name real. So, anyway, I mean, it's simple. That's how this stuff works, no? Yes, so, verified. It's called verified. Yeah. Yes. So this morning, obviously somebody didn't get that part about the check mark. I literally got a tweet this morning, and somebody favorited it. So there was two two mental midgets out there. <laughs> so one of them goes, he 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 answers. He 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 um he doesn't answer. He um snapshots a, a copy of the tweet that the all the fake me put up and put. Great fight! I, I it was a great round. Round talking about Ward and Kovalev round two it was a great round, but I had Ward edging it out on, on output uh, round two. The Ward the round where Ward got knocked down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this guy takes a snapshot of that and goes, "You had Ward winning round two? WTF with like question mark uh, exclamation point question mark exclamation point? It was such a stupid tweet. I don't even answer you. Like if you're that stupid." I don't, 160 characters is not enough for me to explain how dumb you right. are. You know, I'm not going to make you any smarter in, in my 160 yeah, no, character tweet. So, old that so if you're that is. dumb, I, I can't, I, I'm not even going to bother answering you. But then, like, later on, you know when somebody favorites a tweet, you get mentioned in and stuff, now you get a notification. Later on, like an hour later, I get a notification that somebody favorited that tweet. So, so you have two morons. You know what I'm saying? So, However they get through life on a daily basis, you just got to clap for them. Because yeah. it's definitely difficult. <laughs> yeah. So you don't think oh, no, it's not around. difficult. See, you see, when you're that dumb, you don't realize how difficult it is. You just kind of mosey on through just it. You see, how dumb, when you're too smart, when you're too smart, you realize the problems in life. That's the problem. But when you're that dumb, you actually don't realize it. You probably get through life better. Oh, There's that saying, man. ignorance is bliss. Uh, it, it, dude, it's true. Insane. So, uh, so you might be announcing that fight shortly. That could yeah, be. it looks like uh, you know we're, uh, we're going to be announcing the fight. Dotting the lowercase j's. And crossing the yeah. T's. Yeah, exactly. We're I doing all that. You should call Jamal back because he said you can write a book on how to how to make weight. Maybe he has some <laughs> yeah. tips for you. He might help yeah, you out. That's the problem. Again, <laughs> you know, and somebody actually mentioned this too about uh, the episode. So he the walks episode. around the one apparently, the, apparently, this episode we had it. Apparently, the episode we had. Uh, I had um. <laughs> about when I discussed making weight for the first Juan Diaz fight, it hit home for a lot of people because a lot of people remind me about that episode. And even this morning, I got a tweet talking about you know. Uh, Go back and listen to the, your episode on that podcast when you were talking about making way for the first Diaz fight. And believe me, I know. <laughs> I know. And believe me, I know that right now when my stomach is full and I'm hydrated and I'm good and I can, and, I, and if I'm thirsty, I can take this bottle of water right here and just open it up, crack it right open and drink it. Look at this guy. I can I can do all that. <laughs> right now I'm comfortable and I can talk about fighting that fight really comfortable. But believe me, and I know I'm going to hate myself come like, I'm you know, April you 8th, 
Ninth, tenth, eleventh. You know, we keep doing this video. Think think about water water drops in your mouth. If you're if you're in the UK, April fourteenth and fifteenth. You know, like you know, we're on the same time zone on the fourteenth. Just know that when you're going to sleep on April fourteenth, I am the most miserable person on the planet (laughs) in that second. In that second, when we're in the same time zone, so we're all going to sleep around the same time. Anybody in Europe on April fourteenth, just know that. Think of Paulie Malanaji, and I'm the most miserable person on the planet. <laughs> I might even be still sweating off weight at the moment. When you, when I should be sleeping, I might still be sweating. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, I might still be trying to do a workout to make way for uh, the night. For the oh no no, not April 14th, April 13th is the day before the weigh-in. April 14th is the night before the yeah. fight. I'll already have been weighed in. Pete and I are April, not looking April, forward to those April podcasts. 13th. That way, we're going to record uh, in February and March. Yeah. in April. That's not going to be fun. Yeah, so you know, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm trying to solidify a, a status, put everything together to where uh, I would prepare adequately to make this way because it's probably going to be the most difficult thing I've gone through. Um, maybe even more difficult than fights I've had, you know. I mean, making weight sometimes is, it does wind up being more difficult than the fight, but I think, uh, now I've already reached out to Chris Algieri. For those of you who don't know, you guys know Chris Algieri is obviously an ex-world champion and a great fighter in his own right, but Chris is also has a degree in sports nutrition, so, you know, uh, I always have talked to nutritionists in the past and I've always you know gotten a little bit of the gist of what they do and then in the end I just, I'm just not always I'm not always convinced because I'm always struggling at the end all the time no matter, what you tell fighter, me, no matter what you tell me I don't feel like you can fully understand what I have to do, go through you know what I'm saying if I, if I get all my vitamins I'm not going to make weight and if I get all my if I don't if I if I if I don't make weight that I'm not going to get all my nutrients and vitamins. I'm not going to be able to eat everything. You know what I'm saying? So, so it, it, you, you can't have both. You know, you know, you gotta have, you gotta. There's gotta be a little bit of give and take there. And I feel like nobody ever gets that. You know, and I feel like Chris is the kind of guy. He has a degree in this, in this uh, sports nutrition, but he also is a fighter who has gone through it for fights of the highest caliber. So, so I feel like you know, I, I feel like I needed to reach out to him, and I have a, I'm gonna have, be meeting with Chris, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, that can, that can actually you know give me some help, and uh, you know maybe we'll work together and, and figure I this follow, out. You know? I, I follow Chris. On, on Snapchat and on on Instagram, he just he makes his own meals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he, and that's the kind of guy I want. I want a guy looks like he enjoys it though. Because you I want understand? I want a guy that I want a guy that as difficult as it is, you know, is going to have me believe and I can make the weight. You know what I'm saying? Because there are times in camp where I go through days where I'm just like, man, am I going to make weight? And this is fighting at 147, dude. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it? Am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it? You and I always, trust I, his word I always make it in the end of the day. At yeah, the end of, of the day, I always do what I have to do to make it. But this is uh, seven pounds south of, of 147 pounds. So this is, uh, and I know seven pounds become very, very difficult. This isn't like seven pounds when you're a fat slob and you can lose seven pounds sleeping. You know what I'm saying? This is seven pounds when your body has absolutely nothing to give and even one pound is super difficult. You know, like, like, so seven of them is 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 de- destructive. You know what I mean. So to to get it down, hopefully there's a ma- method in, uh, to the madness, and uh, it gives me a chance to become a three-time world champion, and that would be uh, really something special for me. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, after going through all that, I put up a great performance and don't get robbed if uh, if it goes to the cards. You know, um, and no, would, you're gonna win, buddy. That would be a three-time champion. Yeah. So that would be a that would be ideal. So that's the that's the thing. You know. So all, all this. At the end of the day, there's always a, a method to the madness, even of my tweets, of my social media. Uh, so, you know, everybody out there that, you know, was, was worrying, was thinking about the Conor McGregor being a money grab, it was actually, I never actually really thought I was going to get the Conor McGregor fight. I didn't think he was that stupid. You know, maybe a lot of you people thought were that stupid that you were thinking, like, you know, I was just a money grab and, you know, he would beat me and whatnot. But, you know, 
I was never that stupid. I never actually thought I was going to get the fight. I would figure I would have some fun with it because he was having some fun with announcing he was boxing. But I figured my name being in headlines may draw generate interest from other parties, and it's, I guess it looks like it did. Oh, careful what you wish for, champ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows, man? You know, you're beating Ricky Burns and then winning the world title may, may raise my profile a little bit more to the point where maybe I can uh, fight McGregor. Obviously, I, I don't think I would even defend it. Um, but you know, I don't think McGregor can make 140 pounds anyway. But you know, raising my profile enough to be a three-time champion, you know. So and that's it. So you know, we're gonna. I think that's it for today's episode. We had the Crawford and Molina fight. We didn't get to go into it a lot of detail. But Molina didn't make weight for that fight. And then, uh, Four, I, I, I heard, I heard uh, Crawford had a really good performance, uh, which Phenomenal. was expected. He was, uh, he was expected to win. But you know, Crawford being Crawford. You know, another thing they they arrested Crawford, bro. Yes. He got 53 days in jail, or 90 days in jail. He's gonna have to do 53 of them for some kind of incident he had in the body shop. And you know, people, you know, you get the mixed reviews like, oh, you know, uh, he, he the people were too hard on him, or or this and that. Listen. I don't know the whole story. I I, I don't like, you know. There, there's probably there's two sides to all this. To every story, dude. You know, I, if he was three, well, sometimes it's three. Sometimes sometimes people are actually telling the truth here, bro. You know what I mean? Maybe somebody didn't do a real good job on his Monte Carlo. The guy's a, a multimillionaire. I don't think I don't think he's gonna go into a body shop and just tear the whole thing down for no reason. Right. You know, the, the, obviously somebody ticked him off to that degree. You know what I'm saying? Like to go in there and wreck the body shop to, to the degree he did. They were obviously somebody didn't do right by him either. You know what I mean? Let's not let's not pretend like it's about what the write ups say. Where it's because I remember when I got arrested uh, for uh, some of the things I did. You know, I haven't done any jail time, guys. But you know, I ended up getting probation and whatnot. You guys know the story if you listen to the old episodes. But regardless, it was it, they made like I was like some kind of ruthless like like dog. You know what I'm saying? So so I don't I don't I don't look into what people write about when people get get these kind of arrests and, and, and believe it wholeheartedly. Like, no legitimate successful person that has too much to lose is just going to go into a body shop and just start wrecking it for no reason. They must have done something to his car. And they're always, every always going to say he's the fighter, it's not yeah. fair. Yeah, but, and you know, you, know. You, you should try to exercise a little bit of self-control, but we're all human. Just like right. he's human, you're all humans. It's, it's all, we all have the same kind of emotions. So, emotions sometimes run high. Just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean your emotions aren't going to run high. I guess you should be able to check them a little bit better, but it doesn't mean you will. Right. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get a, we're gonna go off the air. Also, Joseph Parker defeated Andy Ruiz for the WBO heavyweight title. That's another fight I want to watch. I haven't seen that one yet. And uh, you didn't miss anything. Hopkins is fighting. And Hopkins is fighting his uh, last fight Saturday against Joe Smith. Joe Smith, Long Island's Joe Smith. So uh, much love to Joe Smith, a uh, local product from uh, Long Island. Uh, Hopkins obviously uh, ending a Hall of Fame career, and that's it. That'll uh, that'll be it. that'll be it for this week. We have to cut it short because we're here a little earlier, and there's other podcasts that have to go on. So we'll uh, we'll be back next week, guys. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we're over now. Where do we find this show, by the way? Because people ask me, it's not Brooklyn to the World, or is it Brooklyn to the World? Showtime Championship Boxing. Showtime Championship Boxing on Play That It, right? Yeah. Showtime Championship Boxing on YouTube and Play That It. YouTube's Play That It on YouTube. YouTube's Play That It. Because I'm confused. YouTube Play That It and in the podcast is Showtime Championship Boxing. Play That It has a YouTube channel. Okay. Hey, you can't do the whole win play show. We gotta wrap it up. We gotta go. All right. All right. Say goodbye. All right, guys. We're out. We're getting thrown out. We're getting evicted. Later. Bye, Felicia.